0: Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to Forty and Twenty, the Watch Clicker podcast, with your hosts Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you?
1: You know, I'm so good. I tell you, this thing we do—it's—it's it's weird, right? We have a podcast. Uh,
0: that's weird, uh, but it's, it's, its a weird thing that people do. It, yeah. Well, I'll tell especially you, especially since we don't have man buns. Oh, I sometimes do. You do sometimes. I I don't have the requisite equipment.
1: You know, it's really good, right? You, I mean, this is like uh, this weekly ritual, but also just like a time that I think most people don't make for themselves. I don't think most people make this kind of time, right?
0: No, like, and most people's spouses don't have like a, just an accepted chunk of time carved out every night of the week. For me to hang out with my friend.
1: Yeah, not every night of the week. One night of every week, I think. No, we record every night. It's just we only publish <laughs> one a week. Don't tell the wives.
0: Yeah. No, they think we're on we're thousands of episodes in. Um, we just tell them there's a lot of a lot of spit takes. A lot of cut scenes, if you will.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, but really good. Really good. There are a number of... There are a number of stressors in my life as per the usual, but they're good. I feel like it's a good level of stress right now, and I'm and I'm excited about our topic tonight. I'm just good,
0: man. I'm happy. How are you? I'm also good. Just plugging along. I had a pretty unproductive weekend, which is simultaneously really refreshing and also really stressful. Because I'm one of those people that stresses during relaxation about all of the things that I probably ought to be doing. So it was a little bit of a mixed bag of emotions for me this weekend, but opposite. I, I chilled, I chilled. Good. And that's what I needed. Good. Good. And now we're here talking about watches. I did over the weekend watch, um, it was called fear city and it was a Netflix documentary highlighting the FBI's 1980s takedown of the five families. Oh. Uh, so like right on the heels of the uh, Donnie Brasco infiltration sure. of uh, mafia family, they were like, Hey, we can do this. We just need to figure out how, and it's the story of how they decided that they were going to apply Rico to uh, organized crime. Um, but one of the things that I kept hearing was like friends of ours and, you know, my good friend or like you know, this is my friend, like so. Every time, like, it got me thinking about our intro, or it's like, I'm my good friend, ever. And I'm like, I wonder how that would be perceived in mafia terms. We are the mafia, yeah, yeah, we're just not very influential or <laughs> <laughs> anything, or illegal.
1: Yeah. Uh, I do have a before we get into our topic tonight, I do have well, I want to start with a story. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. It's a short story, it's an anecdote, perhaps. A few years ago, I purchased a NATO strap from a company called Crown & Buckle. Pretty well-known company, big company. I purchased one of their Supreme NATOs based on a recommendation from... Supreme. Supreme. Uh, Based on a recommendation from Will, the watch clicker editor-in-chief, a.k.a. Daddy. Uh, And and so I purchased this thing, and I got it, and it was good. I liked it. Uh, But I then... Proceeded to tag for several posts, Crown and Caliber, in my posts about the Crown and Buckle Supreme NATO. Uh, And at one point, Will said, Why have you tagged Crown and Caliber in that post? And it hit me all at once. So I know the difference between Crown and Buckle and Crown and Caliber. At that time, I had purchased. Uh, very expensive for me watch from crown and caliber. I was not confused about the actual existence or the distinction between the two companies. It was just one of those things. Right. And when
0: you, when you start to type in an at, you get like a list of options. You click one that seems right and you boom, move boom, on with boom. your life because social media is not about spell check. It is about existing. That's right.
1: So all that to say
0: that was embarrassing
1: and funny. And I laughed at myself about it. It's with this story in mind that I'm going to tell you a more recent story. So last week, talking about our former writer, Mike Razak. Who we fired. Who we have fired for causing. Uh, Talking about Mike Razak, I had mentioned that Mike left us to go write for, to edit the blog Tempest Fugit and that had left tempest fugit to join warn and wound that is not true no i know that's not true i knew the existence of the two blogs a blog to watch and warn and wound i know the difference i know the people i thought he wrote for hodinky <laughs> i know <laughs> the people the individuals on both of those staffs most of them personally Uh, I'm not actually confused. Mike is now writing for a blog to watch. Mike Razak is not watching, writing for worn and wound. Yeah. Corrections, corrections, corrections. I apologize. Uh, Mike sent us a text message and said, thank you. I've now received many, many, many messages for people calling to congratulate me on my new position. Uh, sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry to all of you. Mike Razak, a.k.a. Mike Scott Watches, is writing for a blog to watch and not worn and wound, which I knew. And I do know that those are different places. I apologize. Sometimes we say things.
0: And I don't think he deserved the apology.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And with that, Andrew, we're talking about watches. We
0: got there. Finally, what are we at? Uh, That was a long apology. Seven on the dot. Seven minutes of apology for Mike. Pfft. We're talking about watches today. And this is a topic inspired, inspired by an article. No, not by an article. It's inspired by a watch that Mike just recently posted on a blog to watch regarding the release of the finally appropriately sized Bulova Lunar Pilot. Yeah. And this is a watch that I've loved for a long time. But I could never get it. It The first time I tried it on I was like, you're kidding me. <laughs> I can't wear this. It's way too big. I love everything about this watch but for how it fits on my wrist. But 45 millimeters is just It's just too much. It's Especially too big. when the source material is not yeah. 45 millimeters. <laughs> yeah, right? that's right. We're gonna do a reissue and we're gonna do a big. Oh, you mean literally big? You're you're actually gonna make it bigger than than the original that's an interesting take but that's what beloved did and that's what they maintained for a long time until now where they've released a true to spec sizing
1: yeah case case sizes true to
0: spec case size of the original lunar land lunar pilot lunar lander yeah I, don't remember.
1: I, I think they called it the moon watch at one point and then that that was it's obvious, had some names that was obviously not good so the Bulova lunar pilot yeah um <laughs> they've released this on a 43 and a half which as Andrew says that's the original size of this prototype watch that was never
0: actually produced um but uh, there were instances of it being worn to the moon
1: and so that got us thinking it got us thinking what
0: watches?
1: What watches exist in the world that ought to be a different size? In our minds, what watches exist that ought to be a different size? Uh, Now, we came up with this idea, and we're like, yeah, this is great. And we ran into a problem. We did. Which is that, as of late, there's a lot of variety in watch sizing. I think... That by and large, most of the watches that exist in weird sizes have been
0: corrected. Corrected, right? Yeah.
1: You, you know, you brought up a list earlier and I liked it, right? You talked about the Tudor Black Bay, you talked about the the Tudor Ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's any number of watches that we could bring up in the show. i maybe, maybe you have a few more, but it seems like there's a trend towards companies kind of fixing their watch sizes, right? We just talked about the, the Sealander or not the Sealander, the CW 60, 300 meter, Mm -hmm. um, Trident watch, which has been received, released in a 38 a 40 and a 42 millimeter version we're starting to see a lot of that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and so i think this episode is harder than either of us expected
0: yeah because when i was when i went to thinking about watches that i was like oh i need a you know i want a ranger at 38 oh i have that i didn't previously i want the c63 and a 36 i have that one of the black bay I also have that it's like all these companies are are they fixing the things it's like my one bitch was I don't want that that watch is just too big it's bigger than I want it to be which is not to say it's too big cuz it's appropriate for a lot of people but it's bigger than I want and i think companies are seeing that and they saw the opportunity to create a little bit of size variety within a single line and capitalize on some missed sales and they're getting those sales
1: yeah yeah, that's right.
0: So we have each come with a list. Uh, Will didn't ever get back to us. You know. So he doesn't get a list, but we also polled Mike. He's we're we're going to have some of his input here cuz he provoked some thought about watches that speak to us in every regard but for their dimensions. That's all we want. We just want a size change and this watch is mine. Andrew, do you want to lead us off here? I, I am going to lead us off. And I'm going to start with the Orient Bambino family. All right. So I, I'm, I'm an owner of a Bambino, of the OG Bambino, which is like, what, 41 and a half?
1: Something like that. Yeah, 40 and a half or 40. All 40, dial. 40
0: and a half, 41. And a half. It doesn't matter. It's too big. It's too big. because It's all dial and all polished, So it seems really big. And what, two years ago? Orient, a year, doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, more more recently than that, yeah.
0: Orient dropped a 38 and a half millimeter iteration of the Bambino, which for those of you who are somehow unaware is their line of dress watches. And they've got, you know, a whole variety of them. They've got actually a a pretty significant variety of Mm -hmm. Bambino's. Ranging from open heart to your just run-of-the-mill three-hand dress watch with a date window. I have the OG big one. It's too big. Mm -hmm. As a result, I don't wear it because it's just too big. I'm told 38 in person is money.
1: It is. Yeah. You you know, uh, you, you put this on your list and I thought, I think I disagree. I think they've fixed this watch. but." But
0: here's the thing for this dress watch that is all dial, all polish. This in my mind needs to be 36 and no more. Cause it looks big cause it's All dial. there's nothing else. There's nothing sucking light into the watch. Mm -hmm. It's just all there. This is a classically designed, as you'd expect it to be, dress watch. It should be a 36. And and you were like, oh, the 38's really good. And I'm like, okay, well that's really cool, but imagine this big ass dome sapphire looking like a 1963 at 36 and that's what it should be that's what this dress watch should be 36 no more but because orient i would be willing to accept 36 and a half with 17 millimeter lugs (laughs) because that's what orient does and that would make this watch perfect for me and i'd buy one even at even from their website at 410 dollars
1: yeah, for for my part, I actually think they nailed this, and and, and I told you that. Uh, but I, I I see your argument, and, and and you're right. Being being so much dial, it, it's it still wears pretty big. I, I think they did great, and I, and I think it's a little bit like, um, you, you know, asking for a an expanded NCAA playoff and then asking for, for more and more. Right. Like at some point it's just silly, right? Like the reason we went to four is because some years there was more than two teams that had a claim. And now we're talking about 12 or whatever. Right.
0: They they changed the landscape and it should be an eight, 18 playoff. And that i is pretty reasonable but it's not a good comparison
1: <laughs> and and so you, you know we say well the Bambino's is too big like they're like okay well it's smaller and you're
0: like well but it's still too big uh because well, they did the orient thing they like kind of did the thing they were like oh <laughs> well it's too big now it's a little too big yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i think i think it's a good call you, you know the we're 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 nitpicking millimeters here, right? We're, we're talking about the difference between a 38 and a 36, which when in passing, you're not going to see, but in like in a true examination of the watch, this is a more appropriate 36 millimeter dress watch than it is 38 or 40.
1: Yeah. I, I think we start, we're starting to get to the point where we're going to see a return to like 36 millimeter dress watches as, as a norm. Um, it, it's maybe just happening. It's ju- we're just starting to see that
0: because we're seeing um, thirty-six millimeter sport watches.
1: But you know, all of a sudden, people are picking up thirty-eight millimeter Seamaster or thirty-six millimeter Seamasters, and it's like, yeah, that, yo, that looks dope, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna start to see that, and and so I I, I won't, I'll, although I'll disagree with you, I won't disagree with you. Is that fair?
0: No, <laughs> you're either all in or you're all out. <laughs> well. I'm gonna build a little balcony for you to sit at outside my window, <laughs> and record for subsequent episodes.
1: I'm down in the summer for sure. No, right now, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear I hear what you're saying. So uh, it, it's a good choice. That's it,
0: my first pick. Is it, this is a watch that I I like so much? I own it, right? I want it to be smaller, and it, and this is not small enough for this watch.
1: So true to our lead-up, I picked a watch today that I thought, well, this is a this is a great pick. Uh, this is a watch that's out of my price range, but that I've worn and thought that's too big. I picked the IWC Portuguese automatic
0: Portuguesier, I think is how you would say that.
1: <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, it's a it's a big watch. I think it's just a hair over forty. To
0: 42.3. Because why could you, like, why not just keep things, you know, even?
1: But then I learned that IWC, in the last, during COVID, in any event, released a Portuguese in both 38 and 40. So I had to scratch that from my list. But in any event, I replaced it with the next watch on my list that really fits the same type of concept. And this, I think, Goes along with your Bambino pick pretty closely. But this is a watch that has always been too big, that's beloved by many people, but is still too big, has not been modified by the company, and is still too big. And that's the Seiko Cocktail Time. Yep. So the Seiko Cocktail Time was a 6R, one of these Presage watches that originally had a 6R movement and has been downgraded to a 4 hour movement because the 6R movement just doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, but there's, st- you know, the, the classic cocktail time, I think, is that sort of crystalline blue,
0: mm-hmm. beautiful, just a stunning watch. The poor man's snowflake.
1: that is way too big. So this is a, this watch, I think, is 41 millimeters or maybe not quite forty. 40 millimeters 40 and a half excuse me beautiful just Mm -hmm. an absolutely stunning watch and you can get it in a lot of different colorways now as part of the standard presage lineup they're releasing these things in lots of different versions so you can get like a triple gold not real gold obviously um you can get still the classic blue you can get greens they have like brass colored versions and You know, you name it, you can find a Presage cocktail time and it's still an amazing watch, but it's too fucking big. Yep, I think that like your advice for the Bambino, this watch is a 37 to 38 millimeter watch max. Mm-hmm. could be smaller but i think it fits in that 37 to 38 millimeter space or at least it would
0: i think with the design cues they could they could be bold and do this in 34 and blow it out oh boy
1: you're you're crazy
0: i think they could do really well with this y- yeah that
1: and so they did release some smaller i should say They did, in 2020, release some smaller cocktail time watches. They're problematic. They're not the same. The cases are different. The dials are, in my mind, not attractive. And they don't do the same things.
0: They're not cocktail time dials. They're a whole new line. If you're going to make a new line, make a new line. Seiko is not lazy.
1: And supposedly earlier this year... There's a 39 millimeter cocktail time that's been released, but I have not seen one of these, these in the wild and I don't think they actually exist.
0: It's also not enough.
1: I don't think they actually exist. And even, and and you're right, even at 39 millimeters, this watch is too big. I don't think these actually exist though.
0: (laughs) Are they only rendering (laughs) photos available? No, uh, no,
1: there's some reviews on them online, but I'm I'm having trouble.
0: Is it like actually?
1: Links? Yeah, actually ex- believing they exist, and, and and I don't think so. They're calling them 39, but I think they're closer to 40. Which they're
0: like is, 39.7.
1: That's right. That's right. So
0: we we shaved the crown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so all that to say, all that to say, I don't think that, I don't think that. There have been changes to this watch that allow us to say they fixed it. The cocktail time is the wrong size, and unless until they fix it, I stand by that. Same I, as your Bambino. It's
0: exactly the same as the Bambino because the the Bambino is the the entry level cocktail time.
1: Right? Yeah, it's, it,
0: it, it it really is. It's that. Super 70s dress watch feel, you know, maybe even earlier than 70s, but the design cues that I see in here are really like late 60s, 70s inspired. And it just shouldn't exist north of 37. Yeah, it I should think that's that, that that's and, right. And these are dress watches by design. And I totally get that the market has shifted and style has shifted had shifted. It's not has anymore. It's going back. But there was a point in time where you weren't going to be able to sell a 36 millimeter watch to men. You just weren't. Yeah. I accept that. I just want these companies to be a little bit more nimble in their response to like, oh, no, no, we have this. We have a catalog and we're ready for this. And let us get like, let us. Like, let's get excited about where it's no longer. The Invicta days, like like watch people and people who are looking for watches that are making a meaningful purchase are no longer going to the Timex Iron Man. You're not wearing an Iron Man under your suit anymore because it's not this cool quartz thing. Right. Wear a dress watch again. Right. Because that's what's cool. And the and these cocktail times are what? 450
1: 550 yeah, yeah depending on what you're getting between 400 and 500 mm-hmm. um you, you, or between really 300 and 500 um i'm looking you can find the aviation cocktail times these 39 millimeters you can find them right now for 469 dollars.
0: so they're real they're real but they're not small enough yeah they're 30, fakes. 39 and a half. That's not different. Good lord. Yeah. I I love I love the Cocktail Time designs. These are one of the first watches that I I saw and just was smitten by. It's every dial is unique and beautiful and deliberate and then these were my gateway drug into Grand Seiko Grand Seiko. Grand Seiko. Grand Saquo and it it, it It's a really cool thing that Seiko does in their dial texture in this affordable space that's really unique to the cocktail time. I think. Andrew, watch number two. Watch numero go two. Do you have Don't
1: fucking do it?
0: Do you have the booze (laughs) cued? Don't fucking do it. The Speedmaster Pro.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And you didn't bring it tonight to, like, reinforce my decision. No, you I, know what? We I don't normally
1: of... do watch checks, but I wore my Hamilton khaki aviation automatic tonight, which I think is it's like a big old bitch. 43
0: and a half. <laughs> but you know what? It's right. It's right. Yeah, it's that's right. right. It's got these really beautiful crown guards. It's alt dial. It's straight pilot's watch. And I mm-hmm. wore the OG pilot's watch in the Cartier Santos. Um, which in, in, in the medium, and if a small existed, I would have bought it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, it's the it's the Speedmaster for me. And I've I've worn your Speedmaster a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've I've tried on other Speedmasters. Every time I've put it on, I've just been like, I love you. But you're not the one for me. Yeah. This it's maybe it's wrist shape. But honestly, for I think it's the lug to lug. For as round as that watch is, it's not. It's quite ovular. Ovular? Oval shaped? <laughs> ovular sounds like
1: a reproductive term to me.
0: How? What? What is the the adjective for an oval? Mm-hmm.
1: O- oval shaped.
0: Okay, it's oval shaped. <laughs> uh, it's long. Yeah, its lug to lug is is like two millimeters too long for my comfort, and it makes it feel slappy. It like hangs over my wrist. It doesn't have the curve that I want to like suck it down because long lug lug to lug is like you can deal with that with sweeping lugs it just doesn't have that and it super bums me out because i really want a speed but i don't like it yeah <laughs> and it's a, like that's a hard place to be in to love something and simultaneously not want it because it's just not for me <laughs> And I don't like the reduced because I don't like the dial change. And everyone's like, oh, you don't like the Speedmaster? Get the reduced. I'm like, no, fuck the reduced. I don't want the reduced. Yeah. I want a Speedmaster, but it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. And that's my thing. I just wish they would scale the Speedmaster down, like grab the top right corner of the design and just like pinch it a little bit and and put that out in a, a millimeter and a half, two millimeters smaller in every dimension, and call it the Speedmaster Pro for you, and, and I'll buy it. I want it.
1: Have you, by any chance, tried on the newest, the new twenty twenty one Speedmaster? Because I understand I that, that I have. I understand that it's smaller. I understand that it's a shorter lug to lug on the new one. 47 and a half, which is maybe a full millimeter
0: shorter. No, the I thought the, the pros at 47. The
1: the so the new speedy pro, I think it's 47 and a half. My my older 1861 pro is a touch over 48, is it? Yeah, it's like 48.3 or whatever. So the 3861 pro i think is slightly shorter and and i think it actually has a little bit more curve to the case if not actually more curve functionally it probably sits a little lower
0: Mm. see that changes the game a little bit Mm. but the fact remains that up until that release that's what i want i want just a slightly shorter lug to lug i'm okay with the case width
1: yeah yeah, no, it's the right,
0: the, the case width is the right. Because the case width is right, the bezel width is right, everything's right about it, but it's just, it, it's just a touch too long, and even when you look at the Speedmaster top down, you can look at it, and you can say, all right, you can either add some sweep to these lugs, you can shorten these lugs, and you're not going to really change the look of this watch, you could even change just the bar placement, yeah, and, and achieve what I need.
1: You, you know, I, I, it, it would be worth trying it on. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on it because it, nobody's talking about that as a resizing of that watch. But I do believe that it probably wears a touch shorter. So, you, you know, I think it's a minority of people who are have normally sized wrists or average sized wrists, I should say, such as yourself, who can't wear that watch um for whatever reason
0: because i have cylinders
1: y- yeah no i i understand and, and i've seen it, and i, I know the phenomenon you're talking about it might be worth a try on that so mm. yeah
0: time to go to an ad <laughs> that's right
1: let's let's but make it that's,
0: that's my my complaint and I, as many times as i've worn a Speedmaster, and as in love with that watch as i am it's just too long for me yeah and that's you know that's a real problem it is i like girth i'm, I'm you know I'm not a length guy <laughs> you're a bit
1: of a size queen yeah uh watch number dos for you for
0: me three overall
1: for me i'm gonna go with a watch from our canadian friends Mm. at marathon
0: this was a good choice i i really appreciate that you made this choice because all of my gripes were in the opposite direction
1: and i'm gonna go with the marathon gpq or General Purpose Quartz, although the General Purpose Automatic is also 34 millimeters. This watch is, if you don't know what a Marathon General Purpose Quartz, this is their entry-level watch. They cost, I believe, $240 at retail.
0: From Marathon.com, I'm sure you can get them cheaper.
1: You can get them both with Tritium, I believe, or perhaps they've moved them all over to their proprietary i think it's like a luma bright clone called mariglow
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is fun um but this is a quartz resin cased military spec banger at 34 millimeters It's they're insanely cool mm-hmm. they're cool fixed lugs no nonsense kind of an oversized crown a little bit of an asymmetric case the General Purpose Quartz is a rad watch that is too, that's too small.
0: Yes. And it's for a, too a company small. like Marathon to do something too small, like what the fuck?
1: Also, I'm going to say something else about this case. They say it's 34 millimeters. I've had one of these in calipers and I believe I had it at like 33.2 <laughs> at the widest portion. This watch is incredibly small. Sixteen millimeter lugs, and you've got to wear it on like a pass through. It's a tough watch. It's for me. It's tough because I'm like I want to like it, and it's just it's just too small.
0: Everything about it says it should be a baller, banging field watch. Yes, it's just too small. I want to love it. You you need it at thirty six, probably a thirty (laughs) eight. Yeah, I think 18 or 20 millimeter lugs. You just need this thing scaled up. It's I, just it's too. It's like it was their attempt at a ladies' watch, but they made one of their coolest tool watches. Totally useless at 34.
1: I think 36 and a half or 37 would be perfect. 18 millimeter lugs because 16 millimeter 16 millimeter lugs is is also tough right it's tough to find 16 millimeter you can yes. get them it's not impossible but your your options are seriously limited
0: and for those of us who buy spring bars in bulk we have so many 16 millimeter spring bars that's right so many so so you <laughs> but we you, don't need them because they're fixed lugs so it's <laughs> just like well at least i have them i can like maybe buy some more 16 millimeter lug watches
1: so you make this thing 36 and a half or 37. They're thin. They mm-hmm. the Well, because they're
0: quartz, they're thin, they're resin, they're super light. It's kind of like wearing an F91.
1: There's some other problems with this watch, right? It's it's got insufficient water resistance at 30 meters. Um but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was just if it were just wearable. I would be in. And it's obviously wearable. You can wear it, you can wear anything you want. But for me, it's just too small the rent is too damn
0: high it's a sapphire i mean like all the things that they put into this and just what were they thinking
1: yeah well and they sell a lot of them too great movement it's their Uh, high impact fiber shell uh, case honestly
0: i think this is their attempt at a ladies watch
1: yeah i don't think that that's true i think it's a throwback tiny little and and in fairness the marathon navigator which is a watch that i love i might get one and that we've talked about on this show is a 41 millimeter watch and it does a lot of the same things aesthetically and design wise
0: it's got a better asymmetric
1: case and a better asymmetric case yeah so So it's what i want it's an actual asymmetric case this is uh, they're they're kind of similar watches but I want the general purpose quartz. I also want the navigator. I want the general purpose quartz to be a practical watch, and it's not. It's at thirty four for me.
0: No, because at thirty four, you're at, you're you're beginning to compromise legibility.
1: By all accounts, by all accounts, legibility is good, and I've worn this watch a lot. Well, I haven't worn a it lot. a lot, but I've worn it f- enough. To be comfortable with it, I I don't have a problem. I don't remember having a problem with the legibility. With that said, I did have a problem with just the way it felt on my wrist.
0: It, it's an F91, but it's 250 bucks.
1: It feels the same as an F91. When you put the F91 on and you're like, this is cool, but a little too small. It feels like that. I might like be going to
0: be a suicide bomber.
1: <laughs> and the F91 is fine because it's, it's a tiny little digital and that works. Uh, this watch is too cool for that
0: yeah i it, want i it, want if this is a 36 i have a couple of them
1: may, may, maybe maybe be too yeah yeah they feel swatchy right you put them on and it feels like a swatch
0: Well, yeah it's the resin yeah. and the tiny
1: so that's it and that's the
0: it. inevitably terrible nylon that it comes on
1: that's right that you can't that you basically are stuck with because it's really hard to find 16 millimeter
0: straps Got gotcha, you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, all right.
1: What's your next one?
0: My last watch. The ball engineer three. The
1: ball insert watch of your choice the here because they're all too fucking big.
0: Ball skin diver. Uh, it, it So, but for me <laughs> specifically, it's not the ball skin. It's the engineer three Marvel light. Chronometer at 40. I love ball. I know you do. In and around. My, I know you do, Billy Bob. My face. I think what they do is so cool. Mm-hmm. Somehow inside these two things that are not attached to your body, but are kind of attached to your body, they create people. This Swiss watch company does watches also by the name of Ball that are amazing. They're beautiful. Their finishing is great. They're using tritium illumination. It's so cool, but too big. Well, and
1: I think Ball is using 904L steel. And they've got like great yes. they've got great names. I think their anti-shock is called like the amortizer or
0: it, Yeah, it's a, it's a weird they <laughs> they've proprietized all of their names for the same things that everyone else is doing.
1: I think that they're they're like a uh, die shield or whatever is like m- called m- Woo metal, Moo metal, something
0: like that. It doesn't that. matter. Because <laughs> what they're doing is Awesome, it's awesome. Yeah, agreed. I I have not seen a single watch from them that I wasn't like, ooh, ooh. And I look at the spec sheet and I'm like, ah. who the fuck do they think they are? IWC, yeah. exactly. And they're Trick not down. Make, they're not making pilots' watches. <laughs> they're making sport watches. Their divers are appropriately sized. So how much is this watch, or how big is this watch? So this watch is a 40, right? It's it's a 40 millimeter sport watch.
1: Which, it's the Cinderella size. It's the name of our podcast, 40, it, mi- but... It absolutely but, is,
0: but... But... That's not where things are trending, and they're not hip to it. If this Marvel Light Chronometer, because they have multiple because uh, they're using tritium, they can affect the color of their loom. So my, like what I really want is the rainbow where it's like seven, eight different color. And it's not 12 different colors. <laughs> There's some repeats, but every marker is a different color. It's not, I just, I doesn't matter. You all know what their (laughs) rainbow looks like. And I love it. But I'm not in the market for a 40 millimeter sport watch right now. 38, I'm all in. 36, I'll pay you double. But that's like that. It just bums me out because they're not like they have sub 40 millimeter watches. But they're their ladies category, which are like 31, 32, and also come with gemstones. Mm-hmm. I want Movado with tritium tubes. I want a ball engineer with rainbow loom. That's what I want. And I want them, I just want them to go smaller, and they're not going smaller, and they seem to be holding fast to their 40 millimeter space and ball has a super cool history and a really cool association with railway timing. And you're getting chronometers from them at, uh, 2,500 bucks. Like this is, they're doing cool stuff. If you want a watch that's bigger than it really should be. Yeah. They're co- everything, but for the size. They have cool anti magnetism. That's like one of their jams. Is their anti magnetism is fucking off the charts?
1: They got the amortizer.
0: Yeah. I don't know what eighty thousand is relative to other people. I remember. I remember reading once about magnetism and like the general anti-mag that you're getting in a watch protects you from your refrigerator. And that is all. Mm -hmm. Which is reasonable because you go to the fridge a lot. It's way less than 80,000. 27 gas tubes on this watch for Loom. Every minute, hour, marker, hands the whole thing it's super cool i love tritium i just want them to make it smaller and also uh, not so thick they're 13 6 They're these are some chunky bitches i just want them smaller yeah
1: i, I think that iso <laughs> compliance is something like 60 goss um or forty eight hundred anti bags or whatever. So, it, it, yeah, it, it's 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 a it's a big number. This is a great watch, but they're
0: they're specked off the charts. Yeah, and then they're just too big. If they were at thirty eight, I'd I'd have perhaps more than one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every and that's the whole that's the whole line. That's the it's not just this watch. It's the entire ball lineup is they are 40 millimeters is their floor. They do not go below it until they're into their ladies category where they exist between 30 and 33.
1: So much like your second pick of the Omega Speedmaster pro.
0: Are you about to ruffle some feathers?
1: I think I'll ruffle some feathers, but others, the more sane and rational amongst our, uh, amongst our audience will be like, hell yeah, brother. I'm gonna I'm this is a beloved watch. It's a gem. It's a watch that's been adorned by the likes of John Mayer.
0: Stone Cold Steve Austin, probably.
1: Perhaps. I'm gonna throw one out there that feels almost too obvious, but because it's too obvious, it's too obvious. I'm going to throw out the, Ro- uh, the Rolex, the Rolex, the Casio <laughs> G-Shock, the 6900 series. So I own a 6900. I do. sometimes wear that 6900.
0: You're one of a kind. Uh, uh, you know, I'm a 5600 guy,
1: right? When it comes to G-Shock, it's a 5600 for me. And the main reason, there's a couple reasons, but the main reason is because it's really well-sized it is not a dainty watch uh-uh. but it's a very well sized watch for what it is not true of the 6900 the 6900 is a beast beefcake and while i can appreciate while i can appreciate the need for such a watch or even the occasion for such a watch for me on a day-to-day basis, it is simply too big.
0: As a person who lives in the world that occasions for this size of a watch exist, this is still too big of a watch.
1: It's too big. And, and, and it's too big for me, not just because of the size. And at 50 millimeters, it covers a lot of rest. Yeah. At 50 millimeters, it covers a lot of rest. I also think its proportions are off. Now, hear me out.
0: Mm, You're 100% right.
1: The 5600 has, because of its compactness, a certain amount of detail that is all pushed in. It gives the case some intricacy. And when you wear it, you can see the details. The details look right. The sixty nine hundred to me looks like it was designed to be a smaller watch, and rather than, rather than sizing it up and increasing the level of detail, they just zoomed in, and so you've got resolution problems.
0: Well, but it also looks like it was designed to be a much bigger watch because you can't read any of the <laughs> sub dials.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: In order to read this watch, it needs to be 20% larger.
1: The dial is overly crowded and the details on the case molds are too, uh, they've been zoomed in on but not refined. Yeah. And I think it's a problematic watch. I know it's beloved. I know that there's a ton of great versions of this. I know that people love them. I have one and I like it. I don't love it because it's too big. And that's a watch that needs to be fixed.
0: At least fix the sub dials. Mm -hmm. Make them more legible because they're not legible. Even in 50 millimeters, this watch does not have legible sub dials.
1: I don't care about legibility. I'll be honest with you.
0: I want to know what I'm looking at. I don't want to have to memorize (laughs) what each sub dial does and tells me. So when I loom it up, I'm like, oh, that's what I'm looking at.
1: I don't use the sub dials. I mean, I have them on the watch and they're in use, but I don't actually. Then maybe they're
0: not useful and you de- de- delete them from the design. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. it, I know I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. This is, a, this is problematic because it's simultaneously too big and too small.
1: S- that's right. That's right.
0: Which is weird. <laughs> but I also still really like it.
1: Well, I think that we have come one step closer to fixing the world of watches.
0: Uh, Andrew, allow, allow me to uh, to provide our honorable mentions for Mike, who was the only one who contributed to the request. The tag Hoyer. Monaco. And I actually, I disagree with him on this one. Nope.
1: I agree hundred percent. Too big. I,
0: I, I love the dimensions on this watch as a, as a person who is a square watch lover. I think the dimensions are right. It retains its wrist presence because the problem is if if you're trying to, when you, when you get too small with a square watch, then suddenly you're losing your dial. Because we measure differently in a way that's not really supportive of square watch wearing.
1: You know, this is a big GFY watch, and so I dig it. GFY I, watches should be big. But I think to actually wear, I agree with Mike,
0: it's the, too big. The Monaco chronograph is 39 millimeters.
1: Which which wears like a 50.
0: <laughs>
1: it does. I, I don't know if you've worn that watch. It's fucking huge.
0: I disagree with you it's a big watch but i really like it i it, i i do agree that it could be a little bit a little bit smaller like pull it down to like a 37 but that's his first pick second pick Brightling. <laughs> all all just there's not a there's not a specific he he sent the uh the super ocean as a specific example but brightling. Breitling in general is entirely too big. They've leaned really heavily into this big pilot watch idea, and I totally get that. But also, like, I don't know, make watches that are wearable and more people will buy your watches because I love a lot of the Breitling designs and would never wear a 57 millimeter watch.
1: But, you know, when you look at it, when you look at a Navitimer, not a small watch... But for me, it's the right size.
0: The Navitimer LCD is like a grail retirement watch for me.
1: The Navitimer all. And in fact, the 41 millimeter Navitimer, which I've had the occasion to try on, too small. I want it bigger. So is that what happened? uh, Oh, it was a Super Ocean. uh, No, it was a Navitimer 41 that I didn't like. That you broke? No, no. That was a different watch. I did break a timer. No, the forty-one millimeter Navitimer, was the Super Ocean? which came out a few years ago, I've tried on and it was too small for me. It's not too small; it's objectively plenty big. But for me, I was like, no, this watch is supposed to be bigger. This is supposed mm-hmm. to be a big ass fucking watch. So,
0: but that's the thing is, we come to expect, and, and that's maybe like a weird place that Breitling is trying to exist in, in that we expect them to be big, but maybe not so big. But then when they're not big enough, we're not like, eh, I want a big Breitling. That's what Breitling is. So it's a it's a weird place for Brightling to exist in. Yeah. And that's it. We've done it. We've covered a bunch of watches. We've talked about a bunch of size bitches. Just do the things that I want to do. Do and it. I will maybe buy them.
1: Do it the way we say. Yeah. Andrew, other things. What do you
0: got? Go. I have another thing. <laughs> i glad. My other thing is cast iron. Ooh. Skillets specifically. So here's, here's the thing. I think everyone gets a little bit scared by cast iron.
1: Which is stupid because it's so easy. It's,
0: it's the easiest thing you'll ever own. But with most cookware, there's this expectation of the more money you spend, the more manner it's going to be. Mm-hmm. When you buy triplies, you should spend more money.
1: Best buy the most expensive triply you can.
0: Yes, and I have really good triplies, and I love them, and they're great. That's not the case with cast iron, right? So when when you if you were to Google best cast iron on the market, you're going to come across some stuff. Okay, you're gonna come across Victoria, Ozark, Lake Say, Emerald. You're gonna come across
1: at varying degrees, at varying price points.
0: You're gonna come across a space that exists if you're looking at a twelve-inch cast iron skillet that exists between about fifty dollars and about five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and Your normal, okay, this is what I should buy because I want to buy the best instincts would suggest you spend closer to that $500 mark. Right. Because that's the normal thing. But the more listicles you go through and the more best ofs, and the more not cooking inspired best ofs that host these. And that's where I really, that's, that's where we all should find the gems. If you're looking for a running shoe, like the best running shoe for this application, and you find it on a blog dedicated to computer parts, that's meaningful. Mm-hmm. So I, I routinely go to Goodwill to look for things like just to find little gems, and I found a lodge and an emerald cast iron,
1: both on the
0: both on every entry list.
1: level price spectrum.
0: Yes, both on every list. I paid like twenty bucks for them at Goodwill each. Clean them up, reseason them. They're great. They're good to go. But here is so. As I was looking more into it, Lodge finds itself on every single list. Maybe not the top. On some instances. It's on the, the top, top on a lot of them. In, in some, it's not. But it's on every list. And here's the thing about Lodge. It costs $25, maybe 40 but it's under 100 bucks. It comes pre-seasoned, ready to go. I like have this weird thing where I like re-seasoning, so <laughs> I, I like the effort. I, I'll, I'll save the, the $10 to scrub my pan <laughs> with steel wool for 45 minutes and then re-season it. But here's the thing. Once you get your cast iron seasoned and ready to go, you're going to put your tri away for most applications and not pull them back out. They get super hot. They hold their heat. And here's what's more. They're so easy to clean. Mm-hmm. While they're still hot, You put it in the sink. You spray it with water. You scrub it with a sponge. You don't even have to use soap, but you can.
1: But you can, which is a total myth that you can't use. Polymerized, Huge misnomer. Yeah. Polymer, polymerized oils cannot be cut by soap. Just, just going to throw that out there. It's fucking plastic. Yes. Soap is not going to touch it. Carry on.
0: You scrub it with your sponge. I usually just spray it with some cooking spray, wipe it with a paper towel, and then that lives on my stovetop mm-hmm. for the next use. It is better than any nonstick you're going to use if you care for it, it's just, it's, it's the truth. Yeah. Throw away your nonsticks because you're destroying your nonsticks because inevitably somebody in your house is using metal tongs on your nonsticks and scratching it.
1: Which is putting Teflon into your food and Uh,
0: then you're eating it. But whereas those of us who are using cast iron are using metal deliberately so as not to melt the plastic. Yeah. Uh, Uh, apparatus that we're scraping food with they cook super well they hold heat super well they come with lids they come with all the things and lodge is one of the mo- the most if not the most affordable brands on the market and finds itself in every single top five list they're like between 25 and 50 bucks come pre seasoned you can do some youtubing to educate yourself on it which consists of like don't put it in the garbage disposal and re-season it occasionally
1: yeah and and i will i will say this i will say something i'm going to say two somethings about this because i'm passionate about this subject one you don't really have to season a lodge you can but you can just use it and it'll do the same thing I, about five years ago, bought a 10-inch Lodge. Never did anything for seasoning. I just use it. Because it comes pre-seasoned. I use soap on it pretty regularly. Not not every time, but when it needs it, I'll use soap on it. And I, that thing is glassy on the bottom. Lodge, the biggest criticism of Lodge, modern Lodge, is that it's it's grainy. They use a grainy cast. And so mm-hmm. people will say, oh, it's not like the old milled service ones, which are better, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's a problematic statement and, and probably not meaningfully true. But my lodge is glassy on the bottom because I've just used it. The second thing I'll say, I, I think what you're I think I agree with you, and I don't think you're saying that products like smithy or uh, Finex are bad products. You, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are a, a number of what I'd call boutique cast iron makers that are making beautiful heirloom cast iron pieces that are going to work very well. And
0: they require care.
1: That are Yeah, that's right. They're going to work very well. They're going to be wonderful, wonderful pieces that you can have in your kitchen and that you can probably literally... Gift to your kids at some point, and they'll have them forever. But those those are great things. The, I think the point you're trying to make, and, and and I'll just assume this for the purpose of what I say next. W- with a ten dollar lodge, you can do all the same things. You'll be just as happy, and it'll mm-hmm. cook just. You, your kids might not want it in forty years, but and and then somebody cares? else will
0: find it at Goodwill in forty years, and they'll clean it up and they'll keep using it because it's <laughs> not heirloom quality, but it's going to be the same durability.
1: And you're going to have more or less the same cooking experience. Yes. I love it, man. Cast I got, iron.
0: I got two big ones at Goodwill the other day, and I was like, God, yes. Because I've had a 10-inch for a super long time, and I got 12-inch. Or maybe it's an 8-inch. doesn't matter. I got a significantly bigger platform, and I'm so pleased. It fits my whole big-ass steaks in it.
1: Andrew, I've got another thing. Do me. I've been waiting to talk about this because it just wasn't ripe yet.
0: Okay. So it's ripened. It's ready to pluck.
1: It's ripened and it's ready to pluck. And I have been actively engaged in a new show called The Last of Us, which is based on a video game series by the same name. This is for those of you who have heard, heard of this but don't know anything about it a set of zombie video games this is a a set of video games about zombies what you may not know if you did not or have not played the games is it's really not about zombies so these video games are linear you know the modern video game is oftentimes sandbox non-linear Story is oftentimes secondary, not the case with The Last of Us. These are very contained gameplays, very linear. You do the thing you're supposed to do in basically the direction you're supposed to do it in. Cutscenes are famously, notoriously, perhaps long. Um, yeah, beloved games, they've made a, a show, an HBO show show the king right now I'd say of
0: it's the HBO prog- serial CHBO programming right now <laughs> uh
1: yeah Th- this is this is the show I think this is the water cooler show right now we're now four episodes in if you have heard anything about episode three. Uh, it it caused some controversy. I think a good kind of controversy. I loved episode three, but this is not a zombie show. Famously, a show involving, uh, not really zombies, but a zombie apocalypse, not really zombies, uh, that is not about zombies. It, It is about love and relationships and Thus far with this show, Pedro Pascal is our primary protagonist. Bella Ramsey is the other maybe primary protagonist. Their dynamic on on screen is phenomenal Bella, Bella Ramsey of Game of Thrones. Uh,
0: also Pedro Pascal of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones.
1: <laughs> uh, it, it's it's so good it's been so good
0: the zombie component of this show has been so significant to pop culture though that cnn medicine has like done has published articles regarding zombie fungus well whether well, or not it's like a it, like a it, should you be worried
1: this is a, the, the 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 best science fiction is based on r- real science and the fungus that is the basis of the zombie apocalypse and last of us is real. And it does actually affect ants specifically in the way that is depicted in the show. Kind of
0: ish. Does a species jump though? And that's what we need to know. That's
1: right. So the problem with this fungus is that it can't survive in The temperature at which it would need to survive in to affect humans basis of the show is it it has mutated such that it can all very potentially real things, at least theoretically real possibilities. It's fun. It's scary and cool. But the show isn't about zombies. The show was about love and relationships and humanity. And they've done a really good job with it.
0: And surviving. Yeah, all of those things in the
1: context of surviving. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. If you're not on the train yet, hop aboard.
0: When the series, when this season concludes, I knew you were going
1: to say that because you're you're like that. But I'm going to
0: buy. I'm going to get a month of HBO. I'm going to binge the uh, the series season and then cancel HBO. I
1: do think there's something. So this the show is all done. By the way. The they've finished the series, they've released the series to the critics. So the critics have seen all of these episodes. I don't know if you could find them illicitly. I'm of course not gonna do that. But I will say there's something fun about the water cooler experience. And I think that's part of the reason I like HBO series, is because when you're watching them in real time, you get to watch the show on Sunday night. And then on Monday, talk to people about it, which I do. You got to read the blogs about it. That's fun. I, I like engaging in that way. See, and so, I
0: super like when Netflix drops an entire season and I sit down on Monday morning and just like eat it. <laughs> All of it. I'm like, that was cool. Now I have to wait a year. Andrew, what else do we got? <clears throat> Mike, is it a blog to watch? Confirmed. Not worn and wound.
1: Also (laughs) confirmed. I'm sorry, worn and wound, for
0: having cast those aspersions. A lot of watches out there are not sized to our liking.
1: And, and, And amazingly, pleasantly, more and more of them are. A
0: lot of brands are feeling the pulse. I think we've done it. Perfect.
1: Hey, you guys, thanks for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, of the watch clicker podcast. Why don't you check us out at the website, watchclicker.com? That's where we post every single episode of this podcast, as well as every week, articles, reviews, and things you might like to read. If you are capable, you can also check us out on the socials on Instagram at watchclicker or at 40 and 20 underscore Watch Clicker.
0: We still owe you a story.
1: If you want to support what we're doing here, you can do that at patreon.com slash 40and20. All the things we do cost money. Hosting pictures, hosting audio, hosting websites, software, hardware, etc. Many of you have already decided to come on board and support us. We're so thankful. If you haven't, think about it. Patreon.com slash 40and20. And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.